Every now and then when there's several band members gone, we have this. I think this is called, help me out, acoustic set. Amen. Who knew that back there? Are you supposed to be in a band? You don't play? Okay. <laughs> several of our band members are gone today. That was great, wasn't it? Woo! That last song, I've been after him for three years, two years to play that last song. Wasn't that good? Woo! Matt just just does something to me. Anyway, it's good to have you here this morning. Thank you for being here and in your place. Uh, I know it's the next couple of weeks are really busy, so we just praise the Lord for you being here this morning. A couple things. uh, A lot of you got our text this last week about that that got bit on the finger by the rattlesnake. Um, Appreciate you praying for this this year. Um, Last night, finally got a text saying that, that he's lost his sight and he's hearing so uh, we don't expect him to make it. So just the family, you know, just my heart just is heavy uh, for this family going through this kind of thing. So let's just just um, go to the Lord for them uh, right now and just ask God to be with that family and uh, really uh, just be with them. Father, we just come to you this morning. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have just to approach your throne with these heavy burdens that we have um, in this lifetime, Lord. And we, we, we thank you for the promise that you have given us, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of you. And so, Father, we, we grab a hold of that promise. Father, we ask you to be with this family. I pray you just encourage us, Dad, and this mom in this moment of darkness and, and heaviness in their family. And I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how, Lord, but you are God. You blew, blew, blew breath into mankind. Father, I know that you can do a miraculous miracle. And so we're asking for a miraculous miracle in this family. Father, if it's your will, I pray you'd raise this boy up. If it's not, Father, I pray you'd raise the family up. Strengthen them. Use this for your kingdom and that many might get saved through this incident. And Father, be with us this morning as we go through the rest of our sermon from last week. And Father, I pray our hearts will be open and receptive that this wouldn't be an hour of just going through the motion. That we're not just coming here to put our time in that we went to church. But Father, we grab the promise that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in the midst. So Father, we're grabbing a hold of that promise and we're believing you're here. So Father, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you for being here. Open, well, open your Bibles. Um, let's go to Isaiah. 55, all right? Isaiah 55, first. We're in our series entitled Home. I've really been enjoying this study, and today it's no different. Um, I'm excited about finishing the lesson from last week. Everybody got your notes? Wave them at me. If you got them, wave them. If you need one, raise your hand, all right? Uh, let's see, Brother Junior, there are several people holding their hand. Would you grab some, some sermon notes back there? And keep your hands high. If you don't have it, you want one of those? Um, or are they gone? Oh, they're passing them out. Sorry, Junior. <laughs> Sorry, man. They, are, they were on it. We're talking about partnering with parents. We're talking about raising children today. And it's a difficult task, to say the least. Amen? My kids are already grown. Amen. 
So I'm, I'm preaching this from the Bible, but from the looking back. And I'll be honest with you, it was a fantastic, fantastic journey. If the Lord took me home now, raising our six children has been the greatest. Uh, marriage first, amen? That's the greatest thing that ever happened. And then, of course, because of that, we have six wonderful kids. So I praise the Lord. Five of them are here this morning. Amen. So we praise the Lord for that. All right. So Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says this. Do we have that up there? There we go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Go to the next verse. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than than your ways. And of course, my thoughts are your thoughts. So, so notice it says the word ways. Okay. The Lord is saying, basically, the idea is that our ways of life is different from God's. Everybody see that? His ideas and his thoughts are higher and his, the way he does things is completely different than the way we do things. We have our own ideas and our own agendas, and sometimes that's not exactly the way God wants us. For example, we talked last week, and we just breathe, breathe over some of the things we talked about. Last week, we talked about how the culture and society keeps changing on their philosophy of raising children. Remember that? Keeps changing. Every 10 years, something changes. God's Word, according to this verse, He has an idea of raising kids, and it has never changed in the New Testament, 2,000 years. The Old Testament, 6,000. I mean, he hasn't changed one little bit in what he thinks and what he believes is the right way to raise children. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is our text throughout this whole series that we've been going through. We don't have time to read it this morning, but uh, it tells us how that when God delivered the children of Israel out of bondage, it's how he actually treated them, how he cared for them as a father. And how he cared for them is how we should care for our children and how we should raise our children. Now, we talked about a little bit last week that the goal, what's the underlining goal that you want our children to reach in their life? Is it happiness? Well, the problem with a child is one moment they're happy and what's the next? They're not. (laughs) Wish I had a picture of my granddaughter Yesterday, she's like this, and then one second later, she's bawling. All right? That's how fast. So happiness just isn't going to cut it because we would be working ourselves to death. How about a comfortableness? When our kids had this wonderful home, this wonderful car, I mean, this wonderful life, the best school, the best, I mean, we want them to be on the best baseball team, the best basketball team, and they run us ragged. Can I hear an amen? All right? And then... Of course, it's not just those two, but it's also friends, BFS, B- BFF, all right? <laughs> okay. I, no, just keep focus, keep focus, all right? Man, that's a lot of parents, that's their goal, is that their kids, when they get older, they're best friends. So we talked about, let's consider that Jesus Christ, our goal would be him being the priority of our kids' life and not us, all right? Now, there's four things we're going to talk about. We've already talked about two. We talked about fear, or Deuteronomy talks about respect. The reason we use respect is because people don't like the word fear. So when 
the Lord brought the children of Israel out of bondage, the first thing he said to them in verse 1 and 2, he says, fear the Lord. And of course, we talked about that is the beginning of what? Wisdom. So it's a deep respect. In other words, God says, children, I want you to know that I'm God and you are not. Okay? That's the first thing God established when he brought them out. His children that he's going to take care of and he's going to give his son for. He says, the first thing you need to know is that I'm in charge and you were not. Well, the application to children is what? Right. The first thing they need to know, that foundation, is that we are the parents and they are not. Right? Now, our society is a little different today, isn't it? Okay? The children seem to run and dictate the family. And we should be the ones that know, knows what's best for our children. And so God established that. He says it's deep respect. And that's the first foundational pillar that, that children need to understand is that the parents are in child, in charge. And that leads us to the second one, and that's obedience. Okay, we talked about obedience. In other words, God says, here's the rules, and you need to obey them. And if you don't, these are the consequences. Okay? Now we'll talk a little bit about, a little bit about that later. So God establishes these two facts. He ta- establishes deep respect obedience and you need to obey as we talked about last week when when god brought him out of the out of egypt he said okay now these are the rules these are the consequences if you break the rules the children of israel obeyed for a while then they rebelled then god brought forth the consequences then they repented that happened over and over and over in the Old Testament. Man, you get tired of reading that thing. And we, we, we're, we're back here saying, what is wrong with you children of Israel, right? We're thinking, how, how could you rebel again? And so God would do this circle over and over. That's the way raising children works, right? And that's why we can't give up. We have to win. If we don't win, our children are the losers. Okay? It's very important that that our children know that we're in charge because if they don't, there's insecurity that arises in a child's heart. Those boundaries, man, there's protection in a great marriage and in great boundaries. There's, there's, there's safety for children. All right, now we come to the third one, which we have not covered. Okay, so look at your notes. Be on the back side. One was um, respect. Two was obedience. Now, the third thing that, that the Lord says is blessings, okay? So here's, here's the balance, okay? Fear me, I'm in charge, and I want you to obey. And when you do, the third thing that happens is blessings. God pours out blessings on his children of Israel when they obeyed. When they didn't, they suffered. And here's, here's the balance between in, in parenting. There has to be that discipline you know, this is the consequences for you disobeying. But a lot of times we forget that when they do obey, there needs to be what? Rewards. Especially praise. And sometimes as Christians, we say, well, we got we to discipline, we got to discipline, we got to discipline. And sometimes we forget that aspect. And that's why so many children today are fleeing the church. Because we were so hard at obeying, 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 and we forgot the praise. We forgot the love. You guys are looking at me like, yeah. 
I mean, people don't want nothing to do with Christianity because that's what they think, rather than its principles and its teachings from God's Word to help us live and to give us that abundant life. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. When Jesus established rules, when God established, therefore, our protection, not to take away joy, but to give us joy. There's a vast difference there. You hear amen? Completely different. Okay, so blessings. So I want to... In Luke chapter 5, there's a story there, and I don't have time to read it, so we're just going to talk a little bit about it, okay? So Peter, James, and John are out fishing. They fish all night, and they're fishermen, and they have a crew, and they're fishing all night, and this is what they do for a living. They came back empty-handed the next morning. They come back empty-handed. No, no fish, Okay. They're washing their nets after a hard day, night's work. They're washing their nets. And they're probably what? Discouraged. It'd be like you working all day, you come home, they're not going to pay you for it. <laughs> okay. And you're going to call the union, the leader, right? All right, so here, so here, here they are, Peter, James, and John, and they're, they're washing their Jesus comes by, and there's this multitude that are crowding Jesus, and they want to hear what he says. And the Bible says they're pressing on him. And so he looks at Peter and says, Peter... Can you, can you take your boat out about five or six feet from the shore? Peter says, yeah. So Peter takes it out. Jesus gets on the boat and he sits down and he teaches the multitude. The Bible says he spends some time teaching them principles and truths from the Word of God. When he's done, he says, now, Peter, I want you to go out here, go over to that spot, let down your nets for a, for a great catch. And Peter says, yeah, right. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. There's no fish out there. But, however, Lord, at your word, I'll go. So Peter goes. Throws his net over, and sure enough, there's so many fish in the net, the Bible says the boat begins to sink. <laughs> now, Peter's a sanguine. I can just hear what he's saying, all right? So he calls over to the Peter, James, and John, or, or, or John and jo- James over here, and he's calling, help, help, help. So they come out. So it must not have been too far, because they could hear. They didn't have this phone or texting, you know, hello? You know, so they came out, and they begin to put their nets, and all of a sudden, both boats are ready to sink. They come to the shore, and Peter just drops on his knees and says, Lord, I'm a sinful man, depart from me. I mean, it, it touched him that this was the Messiah. He got it. That Jesus knew exactly where the fish were. Okay, so that was Peter. Now, so he obeyed. Now, let me run through the benefits of obedience. Because we're talking about blessings. Now, follow me. Because this is, this is where the rubber meets the road for us this morning, okay? Living a life in disobedience with God brings chastisement, okay? Living a life, you know it's wrong, but you continue to live in this state of life. It's not so much that you're living in sin. It's the fact that God is withholding all those benefits that he promises to give us. Peter just, you want me to go? Okay, you want me to go? Okay, I'll... I don't want to, Lord, but I'm going to do it. So he goes out there and he, and he catches all this. I want you to see the benefits that if you're living in sin, that you're missing out on. That you don't have a clue that you're missing out on. 
some of the things behind this story. All right? The first thing, because Peter obeyed, Jesus got to relax on the side of the boat and preach his message. And I'm telling you, especially a swivel chair, it's so much better to sit down and preach for three hours, like we'll do today, all right, than to stand here for that long of a time. I mean, it, Jesus just was able to relax because the Bible says that they were, they were pressing upon him. He couldn't hardly get, you know, get your thoughts together, but you get to sit here six, seven feet, eight feet, whatever it is, and he began to preach and everybody got to sit down. So the crowd got to hear clearly the words of the Lord. That's a benefit because simply Peter just obeyed. What about all the people that his crew all night, nothing, 10 minutes out in the water, all of a sudden this. So obeying the Lord, all of a sudden, the empty boats were filled. So financially, because he obeyed, it blessed everybody. The whole entire company was blessed simply because P- Peter, what he thought and what he said, there's no fish out there. I fished all night, Lord, it ain't going to happen. But however, not, see, he didn't really do it wholeheartedly, but he did it. He obeyed, and that half-hearted spirit of God blessed. That's such a great lesson for us. Just obey. Okay, so the whole company was blessed. They got to see this miraculous miracle take place, that this fisherman, who knew nothing about fishing, was able to know exactly where the fish are and actually create this miraculous miracle. And then I like to, to think a little further than that. Peter, James, and John, when they got back to the boat, Peter was just astounded. He said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Jesus said this, from now on you will catch men. No longer will you catch fish, you'll catch men. In other words, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a soul winner. You're going to go after people, not fish. You're going to try and catch people for the kingdom of God. So they left everything, the Bible says, and they followed him. It changed the course of Peter's life. It changed the course of James and John. Their entire life was now no longer fishing for these slimy. How many like fishing? I don't. I'm sorry. How many, how many like gutting fish? And taking your thumb and... Uh, I mean, seriously, why? Why? You know what I'm saying? Because it tastes that good, Josh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, I... I like to catch them. Here, honey, (laughs) while they're still on the hook. All right, no, I'm kidding. Okay, so my point is Peter, James, and John, and those guys, it changed the course of life, which in turn, they were the, Peter was the preacher. He was the leader, James was, of the first church. So it changed the course of Israel. It changed, those 12 men changed the course of history. Just because here, Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. Here's the balance. I'm going to bring that over to our family now. When you begin to really praise your children for the smallest of things, just simply obedience, not just praising them, but rewarding them. Okay? I'm not talking about a treat. I'm talking about really blessing them and really benefits. I mean, sure, there's there's discipline over here. Well, what about when they small do the smallest things? We think, well, that's what they're supposed to do. So should I reward them for the the little things? Yes. They need to see in your heart and your mind the unconditional love. They need this. 
You know, they, they get in their mind every time they do something wrong. Mom's down my throat or dad's down my throat. You know, they need to see all of this other things going on. So, so, so our kids need to be blessed. They need to be rewarded. They need to see the benefits. But let's go back to your life, okay? He took the empty boats of Peter and he filled it. He can take your empty lives. He can take your broken lives. He can take your empty careers. He can take the empty marriages. He can, he can literally fill it with splendor. I mean, that's our God. He can do miraculous miracles in our lives. It's true here, and it's true today. I mean, how many times? We've had in our church a lot of you people, not just you, but a lot of people gone today. So we had several people that's, that's had some cancer and had some other things, and we as a church bound together. My wife and I just shake our heads sometimes at how that every single one of them that we prayed for, I think like five or six that we brought up here and prayed for, no longer have the cancer, no longer are sick. If that was your life, wouldn't you be excited? Yeah? Well, well there's several people here today that, that God has touched their body. You know, right on the back row back there, there's one of them. We prayed for him. And God looked and reached down and blessed and touched his body and healed his back. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, aren't I? Okay. Uh, did somebody say amen? Number, number, number four, love. Okay, look at your notes here. We're at the top still. We're still here. This number four is love. All right? Here is blessing. Three is blessing. Four is love. And that, when you go back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through six, verse six is the last point in that text. Uh, he says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. All right? So it's love. So, so the, the, the last point, which really isn't the last point because there are going to be some points off of this, but um, God says, now this is very important. Here's the rules. When you obey the rules, then you, you are blessed. You are rewarded. And then, of course, it leads to a love relationship. You following? Okay, so, so there's... Fear or respect, obedience, blessings, and all of that leads over here to this wonderful love relationship with God. And that's what our kids need to see. You need to see when they fail and they make a mistake, that, that doesn't change. This home is a, a home of unconditional love. No matter what happens, no matter what you do, what you say, uh, uh, you know, you're accepted unconditionally. They, they need to be blown away. The goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. Kids need to see that the goodness of a parent can lead us to repentance. Because even though they mess up, man, we still are wrapping arms around. We're still loving them. After we might spank them, right? After we might discipline them, we're grabbing them. How many, how many have ever said, now this is going to hurt me more than it's hurt, it hurt you? You're not supposed to lie in church. Okay, I said that to my kids many times. All right, so, so I mean, it does. But it's for their best interest. Okay, so that love relationship. Now, I'm going to give you three thoughts. Okay, we're going to give you three thoughts. First one is, just some thoughts on how you can make application. Okay, number one, 
The world has its way of raising kids, has its way of marriage, that has its ideas of marriage. It's not working, is it? Over 50%? Divorce rates, their ideas aren't working. Sometimes Christians end up in divorce, okay? But that's not God's plan. Okay, so the first thought is we need to, you know, am I going to commit to God's way? And I'm going to give you four, four things down here that are, that are God's ways, okay? And then number two, look at number two. Consistent age-appropriate discipline. <laughs> uh, this is tough. But God's word is what? True. We can, we, can, we can either throw it out. If we throw out one verse, shouldn't we throw out all of them? Can I hear an amen? I mean, if Genesis isn't true, I mean, if God didn't breathe this world into existence, if he didn't do that, why are we even following this? I mean, this literally is the authority of every step of our lives. This right here is what, why, this is what, what we make our decision. Oh, Lord, what are you going to do? Well, if the word says this, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, so let me give you four R's. That's these, these blanks you can fill in. Let me give you four R's, okay? This is, this is some thoughts on raising kids God's way. Number one, put down the word rod. <laughs> I know, he's saying that in church? He's saying the word rod? In the house of God? Take a rod to your child? Doesn't that sound bad? It really does. So let's look at the scripture to find out. Let's clarify for us what this actually means. Because when the world, when you say a rod, the world says, what? A hose, right? With a metal rod in it? I mean, a tire iron? I mean, don't they exaggerate the people that don't believe in spanking? I mean, they exaggerate. But this is God's word, right? So let's, first of all, let's go to Proverbs Twenty-two, fifteen. Now, this is only, and I put some ages down here. I got some, some, some authority on here. I didn't, I didn't put this down. This is some other people that gave me authority. Rod is to be used for two years old to eight years old. Okay? <laughs> I use a little past. My heart break because I shouldn't have done that. All right. Now, look what, look what Proverbs says. This is God's word. Folly is bound up in the heart of the child. Okay, what's Folly foolishness all right so there's a and notice it says bound now this is god's word this isn't pastor fleener's interpretation let's look at it it says foolishness folly is bound up in the heart of the child it's bound up in there and love is going to drive it away it will but it's a different form of love all right uh taken to a counselor will drive it all away all right i mean we can we can name anything here but what's the word that says but the what the rod of discipline drives it far from him. The rod, the spanking. Now, what is a rod? I'm glad you asked, all right? In the Hebrew, the word rod means a switch. Or a, listen, a stick. So remember years ago when our grandparents, remember this? You go cut you out a switch, buddy. Everybody remember that? I don't remember because it never, never happened to me, but is there anybody like that? Yeah, you know where they got it from? Isn't that cool? They right there. Go cut you off a rod, kid. <laughs> that sounds bad. Okay, you, you get your stick, buddy. All right, 
You go cut you off a twig. I like that better. Amen. But that means right there. Let's go to Proverbs 13, 24. Look at Proverbs 13. Now, whosoever spares the rod. Now, what does spare mean? Whoever doesn't apply the rod, okay, hates his son. And the word hate just means love less. Doesn't mean what you think, all right? Love less his son. But he who loves his son is diligent to discipline him. Okay? I mean, we need this because we need some reassurance that we're doing the right thing in the face of a world saying, do not do it. Right? Can you hear an amen? You can't do that. Just not the way to go about it. All right? But I love Missouri because there's no rules against this. All right? It's, I love Missouri. Some of these other places, man, you can't do it. But the Bible says, now, now we're going to talk about how you do it. All right? Okay, you should never, ever, ever put a spot on the child. We'll talk about that, okay? So I'm, I'm not leaving you handed away. Number two, uh, reprove. The rod, reproof is from 6-year-old to 12-years-old. Proverbs 29, 15. What is, what is reprove before we get to this? It's a strong warning of the serious consequences that will happen when the child dis- disobeys, all right? That's what it is. It's a strong, strong, serious consequence all right so let's go to proverbs 29 15 the rod and reproof give wisdom that's good isn't it because i want my child i want him to have wisdom okay i i I want him to be able to take knowledge and put it into practice i don't want to just have this head full of knowledge that, that just doesn't doesn't translate into life i want him to have this I want to be an adult that can make decisions and follow the Lord and raise their kids the right way. I want them to have this great marriage, this great family. I want Well, guess what it is? It's reproof. Gives wisdom. But a child left to himself. How many were left to yourself when you were growing up? Left to himself. Bring, bring shame to his mother. All right? A child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Uh... Number three, removal of freedom. If you're visiting this morning, I apologize. We're, we're really getting down in the dirt in the dirt here this morning, especially over here. These people from Nebraska, wave at us. Praise God. Amen. They're corn huskers. Amen. We've got a church full of corn huskers. What are you guys around here? Bears? What is it? Bears or tigers or something? Removal, removal of freedom. All right, number three. This is turning up. All right, it's it's basically um, saying, son, the consequences is you're not going over there. All right. Now the reason people don't like these, the grounding part of it, is because it seems like it grounds the parents. Everybody, when you ground the kid, you're always grounded. We're not worried about you. Really. The grounding's for the kids. It doesn't matter. You're the parent. Step up to the plate. Do what's right. You can't go. Why? Because of this. Explain. And then when they go on, all you have to say, okay, just another day in the room. Right? And when they keep on talking, okay, two days. No, no big deal. Right? Three days. My oldest son, he was washing dishes one time. I think we got up to five weeks. Is that right, honey? 
something like five weeks, he said, he was arguing and murmuring over the doing the dishes. And we just kept adding days. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. Because she didn't have to do dishes. He did them. Five weeks. It was fantastic. All right. But the point is, it isn't about you. Again, it's about them. Okay, really, we want, we want our children to learn the one rule you did in our house is you didn't talk back to mom. You can talk back to me, it's no big deal. But mom is another story because they're, you know, boys can just rule over mom. Okay, it just seems to be the way it is. But okay, so we're, not, we're only looking at the biblical aspects. And of course, responsibility. Responsibility is the, the fourth thing. All right, when, when we talk about responsibility, um, we try not to give too much responsibility to kids nowadays, right? A thousand years ago, 15-year-old women were getting having kids. Today, 15-year-old, the, the most responsibility they have is manipulating parents to get more game videos. All right? And uh, so, you know, not really. I mean, kid, kids, kids need responsibility so they can learn and they can grow. All right? It's very important to give them some chores and some things around the house. I mean, literally... Kids need to learn work ethics. It's very important. That doesn't mean you, you slave drive them and all that stuff. But, but again, so number three is communicate, communicating unconditional love. Now, that's, the, that's the, the third point there. It's on your outline. It's the last thing. Now, let me give you four things that are not tolerated, okay? Just so you don't go away from here and saying that I believe that you should take a two-by-four and discipline your kids. Okay? That's not what we believe. Number one, something that's not tolerated is discipline in anger. Never tolerated. Do not tolerate that. I used to think, when I was first, you know, 20 and 19 to 20, I used to think, you know, before I started really disciplining my kids, is that, you know, it's better to discipline in anger than not discipline at all. But the Bible says this, and this is where the Bible touches every area of our life. It says the, the, the wrath of man does not fulfill the righteousness of God. Doesn't fulfill the righteousness of God. So if you're angry at a child for their behavior, then the problem is with you. Why are you angry? There's something other than what's best for the child that's, that's motivating this. All right. Number two, uh, physical injury of any kind, not tolerated. It can't be tolerated. I can't stress that enough. It is not right. Number three, comments that belittle and cause shame to the child. I mean, some some of us adults, I'm not, are quick. How many are quick with their words? I mean, just pew, pew. Okay? I'm like, somebody, bam, bam, bam. What, what, sometimes you don't understand is those words are sharp. And you say it, and it just devastates. Like a kid comes in with a report card, or they come in, and they did something, and you, and you bam. Why can't you do that in this area? You know, and the kid is devastated. We, we never make those comments that belittle our cause shame. Okay? And then actions that doesn't build up a child. 
Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 or 29 and 30, talk about this. Let nothing corrupt come out of your mouth. This is the Bible. And it includes your family and includes your marriage. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister unconditional love. See, we're not saying take your child out and beat behind the woods or take him to the woodshed and beat him. That's not even what... We're talking about a well-balanced... I mean, everything, everything that comes out of your mouth ought to be encouraging and uplifting to your child. Even when you're sitting down, listen, listen. We don't want you going out in the streets. You're going to get hit by a car. Don't touch the hot stove. This is for your own good. Those kinds of things. Don't hang around with certain people. Why? Because the scripture says that when you hang around with fools, you will become fools. I didn't say that. Proverbs says that. So so are we going to live by this or not? Because when you live by this, man, it's constant balance. It's a home where there's this love, this unconditional love that the child will never, ever forget. Why? Because it's like God's love. Every time we mess up, there's forgiveness. Every single time. It doesn't matter whether you apologize or not. There's still that love. Some people say, well, they got to apologize before they get it. No, they don't. God has forgiven me when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. All my past and all my future, present and future sins are all gone. Did you hear that? My past, my present, and my future sins were already paid for at the cross. You see, Jesus' blood was shed for me. And when I accept Jesus as my Savior, that blood covered my entire sin. So when I got saved, anything that I did beyond that was also forgiven. It's under the blood. And so if we're going to apply it to the family, we got to love our family the same way. And your name in? It's unconditional. Yeah, we got to talk to them because it's for their best interest, not for us so we can bring our perfect family in this church. No one has a perfect family. No one's perfect. No one's a perfect dad, perfect mom. You're all a mess. No, we're all a mess. Okay? We're, we're broken people trying to live by a perfect book. Amen? Amen. We're all this way. And we, just, we just constantly go to the book to try and get help to, to raise this family that can be full of love, full of life, full of joy. That's what we want. I'm raising a broken home. You probably were raised in a broken home. That's not what we want. The kid goes to the room, slams the door. It's okay. Go over there and just write love notes. Stick them under the door. You know? Whatever. You know them. Don't write those. See, this is what happens. I'm going to use one person as an example. A guy I led to the Lord years ago. He's getting ready for a divorce. His wife and him got saved, but they were already, so much stuff was between them that was irreparable. So he got the oldest son, and then she got the, the, the two, three daughters. And so they, they, they had to split. So he got saved and got on fire. I mean, he got on fire. He just read and read and read and read and read. Well, the problem he did was every time his son did something wrong, he'd break out a verse and lecture the boy. And after a while, I'd go over there and I'd see him lecturing. But guess what the son had on his face? Screen saver. What do you call that? Screen? Did I have it right? 
All right, he's the geek. All right, so, so they, they're not listening to anything. Can I say amen? Uh, not listening to anything you say. Zero. And I told him, I said, you can't do that. You're making this kid gospel hard. Choose your battles. Choose them. Don't make these, we talked about that last week, don't make the, the, the anthill into a mohill, this mountain, a mohill into a mountain. Don't, don't do that. Pick your battles. Something's just, you know, just, it's okay. And never discipline over a mistake or over immaturity. Discipline only comes, granted, only comes from rebellion. Only. The grounding, the discipline, all those things. We all make mistakes. Can you imagine if God had, you know, hit us every time we messed up? We'd be 20 times a day. You know, we'd never get anything accomplished. Especially the band members, amen? Then nothing, they're all back there. All right, so. All right, seriously, this, this is... This is, we, have, we need to make a decision. Is it going to be God's way or is it our way? I mean, we all have different thoughts and we all have different ideas. And we got to come, if we're going to follow our own personal way, then shut the Bible and push it aside. And what happens is we think it's our way, but it's really the philosophy of the world. It's, it's made up of our experiences. It's made of what we heard, what somebody's taught us. You'd be amazed at all the things that my grandmother said for years and years and years that are here. And now, I never knew it, but my son over here, he says the same things. It's amazing. I used to pick my nose, and they called me Gladys Holly. I'm talking about when I was a kid. Everybody understand? Because my grandmother had a friend who picked her nose, and her name was Gladys Holly. So it just passed down to me. My son is calling his children. Not now. They're grown past this. All right. But he called his children Gladys Holly. Is that weird or what? I mean, we pass these things down. But that's not all. We pass down a ton of other stuff. I just use that as an example because it, it popped in my head. I shouldn't do that, right? All right. But let's get back to the point. All right. This is a very serious matter. And this is God's ways, and it never changes. And this is how we should raise our children. The world has its way, but it keeps changing. Let's stand on something that's a solid rock and not shifting sand in the way we raise our kids. And so we're doing pretty good on time. So we're going to have the band come up, and then I'm going to pray for you guys, and you, you, you probably have some kids, you have some grandkids, maybe you're an uncle. And we're just going to have a word of prayer and asking God to help us, okay? Help us to help those around us to raise their kids by the word of God. Or help us raise the, our kids. Or help our, our brother, our sister, our, our children to raise their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So that, I'm going to let him strum on the guitar a little bit while we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. Um, I know, Father, this is kind of a, a different message, and I saved it for the last, Lord, but it's, it's a little different. It's, it's, it kind of goes against our nature. It kind of goes against our grain. And so, Father, I just I bring it to you this morning, and, and the teaching that we heard, I, 
I pray you'd help us to apply it to our lives. That, Father, the Word of God is, it's a source of life for us. Give us purpose and give us abundant life and allow our kids to have abundant life. So, Father, I pray this morning for all of us here this morning with children, with grandchildren, that you would help us not to let the world influence us to the point of raising our children, but, Father, that we would raise our children, our grandchildren, according to your word. Just based on how much we know that you love us, you sent your son to die for us. Man, what a, what a, a fabulous love that you have for us. So, Father, I pray this morning you'd help us to, to live according to your book, and especially when it comes to our marriage, and especially when it comes to our children. Oh, God, how we pray that you'd bless each and every family here this morning and give us that tenacity, that decision this morning, I'm going to raise my kids by your book. And, Father, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory for what you do in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.